Hey everyone, welcome in to a, another daily editorial here on the KE Report. In this daily editorial, I'm very excited to introduce I-80 Gold Corp to everybody. I know that it is followed by a number of our listeners, but we did want to bring management on to really review the main goals of the company, some of the near-term growth plans, and also recap where the company stands right now. I-80 Gold is traded on the TSX under the symbol IAU, also on the OTCQX under the symbol IAUCF. We are chatting with the CEO, Ewan Downey. Now, just to bring everybody up to speed, I-80 Gold was listed in early April of this year, 2021. It was created by spinning out the Nevada assets from Premier, and that was before that Equinox merger took place. I-80 Gold is a Nevada-focused exploration, development, and production company. Also holds the Lone Tree Processing Facility, which is also critical to the company's growth plans when it comes to production. Ewan, before we get into some of the nuances within the company, take us through how I-80 Gold was created out of Premier, please. Yeah, thank you, and uh, thanks for having me on. The creation of IED was a bit of a brainchild of the board of Premier after we were taken to court. We received a lawsuit from our partner, Sentara, relating to our primary asset, the Greenstone Mine Project here in northwestern Ontario. And because of the lawsuit, we were put in the penalty box, so to speak, and we felt that the Nevada portfolio was being really overlooked by the market in our company, and it would be until the lawsuit was settled. So the best best plan forward was to spin out the Nevada assets into a new co and, and hopefully bring value for our shareholders that way. And when, uh, when we announced that the lawsuit was being settled because Orion bought out the interest held by Centera and were dropping the lawsuit, that led immediately to a, a very aggressive discussion advancement with Equinox, who were pretty keen on acquiring that asset, should there be no lawsuit. And um, when we started those discussions, we said we'd be happy to discuss an, an at-market merger contingent on we get to spin out IED Gold to our shareholders. And I'm uh, pretty happy today to say that the market cap of IED has now surpassed the market cap of what Premier was taken out for. Ewan, that was a great transaction, and it's interesting. I was uh, a shareholder of both Equinox and Premier and was interested in that merger, and I had overlooked initially how important these Nevada assets were because, like you mentioned, the market wasn't properly valuing them, and I've been very interested to follow along with just how quickly you guys have bulked up with other projects. So maybe take us through where you were at the time of the spin-out of I-80 and where you are today just in a few short months with the number of projects that you have that can all be feeding into that growth pipeline in production. Yeah, the the assets that we had when the company was being spun out were the McCoy Cove property. It's host to just over one and a half million ounces in all categories. We had the South Arturo Joint Venture Project. It is a joint venture property that was actually as part of the Lone Tree transaction transferred to Barrick. It was a, or Nevada Gold Mines, a producing operation in the Carlin trend. And so our, our resources were in Nevada above 3 million ounces. But while we were spinning out IED, we were in the process of acquiring the what was the Pinson property, we, we, our Granite Creek project. 
that is host now to um, pretty significant both open pit and underground resources. So when the company began trading in April of this year, we had globally just over 5 million ounces. And then these recent transactions will require a loan tree from Nevada Gold Mines, and we were we acquired Ruby Hill from Waterton, now have almost tripled that resource base. And despite the fact that we transferred our ownership of South Arturo to Barrick, so we are now in the Carlin and the Battle Mountain trends of Nevada, the most productive gold district anywhere in the world. We're, we're the second biggest resource holder in those areas to Nevada gold mines. And our target through the development of our projects that we're pursuing right now is that in the not too distant future, we will, we will also become the second largest gold producer in the Carlin and Battle Mountain trends. All right, Ian, let's recap then some of the at least resources that the company holds. You go through the company's presentation and one of the immediate goals of the company is to have over 10 million ounces of gold resources. I know the next target is to grow this to 20 million ounces because you're actually over 10 million ounces already just in Nevada at the four sites that the company holds. Take us through just how much the global resource is within I-80 Gold, please. So the global resource, we have more than 6 million ounces in measured indicated resources now and more than 8 million ounces inferred. So when you combine those, about 14.5 million ounces globally in gold. And we're also one of the largest silver resource holders in the state of Nevada with over 175 million ounces of total silver resource. You and uh, on that silver front, I don't think a lot of people realize that. I actually just learned that right before we started this call. I did not realize how significant that was. That's mostly at your Mineral Point project at the Ruby Hill that you've acquired recently. Just walk us through real quickly the mineral resources there for silver, because that's just an upside kicker, and there's also some base metals there as part of that Ruby Hill project. Yeah, the Mineral Point deposit at Ruby Hill is one of the largest silver deposits right now in Nevada. I would say it would be comparatively a same style mine as the Rochester mine. That's one of the flagship operations of core mining. But the mineral point deposit is more than twice the grade. It was drilled out by Barrick when they owned the property, but not developed. It's not yet permitted, but it in itself is over 5 million ounces of resources of gold and 175 million ounces of silver. So we, we do intend to permit that project over the next several years but not on an accelerated basis because we have quite a bit on our plate to execute on our current plan to build four mining operations over the next three years. But it will be, in our view, a very significant growth in gold production annually for our company in the future and should take us to become the second biggest producer in the state of Nevada next to Nevada Gold Mines itself. Now let's talk about that production profile and production growth because, again, initially the company had a goal of over 200,000 ounces of gold production per year. You've actually increased this to over 400,000 ounces of gold per year. Now this is going to be a process, so take us through what that process looks like in terms of what you're estimated or what you're forecasting to produce starting next year. The Ruby Hill mine that we just took over from Waterton was being mined when we acquired it. We just finished the mining uh, sequence there, put the last of the mineralization onto the heap leach pad. 
So in the first half of next year, we do expect to get a reasonable amount of gold coming off the, the heap leach pads at Ruby Hill. Currently, we are developing the Granite Creek underground mine. So we've rehabilitated the underground workings there. We're drilling both from surface and underground. We have started a test mining program. We expect to deliver the first material to Nevada gold mines by year end because as part of the transaction by Lone Tree, they also gave us an interim processing arrangements so that we could immediately advance our current projects. And our plan right now is that we will ramp up into full production next year. Uh, that's not too far from here as we're in November, but in 2022, it is expected to become our first full-time operating mine, really ramping up in the second half of the year. As we move into next year, we are also permitting the Buffalo Mountain Project, which was in the process of being permitted by Nevada Gold Mines when we acquired Lone Tree. It's the adjacent deposit. Uh, we're going to finish the permitting of that project, and it's an open pit operation, heat bleach, and the ore would be processed at the existing Lone Tree heat bleach pad. So I think our target right now is that that will ramp up into development in sort of mid or the third quarter of 22 ultimately with first production coming in 23. So that's the second mine in our portfolio. We also expect in the near future to announce that we are officially going ahead with the underground development at, at the permitted McCoy Cove property, and that will be accelerated to become our company's third operation. The ore from that project will also be processed at Lone Tree. And Ruby Hill, the main reason we acquired it was because it has a very significant high-grade underground deposit immediately below the pit that needs to be processed through a refractory processing facility, and now we have one. So that project will be likely move into development probably late in 22 and see the first uh, material coming out of that in 23 and into 24. So those are the four operations we plan to build over the next three years. And Ewan, just as a rough, I guess, forward-looking estimate, you had mentioned off mic that it'd be something along the lines of maybe 50,000 ounces in 2022, maybe somewhere close to 100,000 ounces in 2023, and then in 2024, hopefully doubling that again to 200,000 ounces. And then by that 2025 is when you're shooting for that 400,000 ounces of production goal. So just explain how significant it is for that plant that you have at Lone Tree, also supplemented by some some heat bleach operations, but the significance of that plant, the throughput, and just how it can be fed by all these other deposits. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a very large complex that we acquired. Not only did we acquire an autoclave processing facility and uh, circuit, but we also have a flotation circuit capable of doing 1.8 million tons a year that we don't have in our immediate plans, but it is something we would like to ultimately find a use for. There's also a heat leach facility there that has 7.2 million tons of capacity remaining before you look at doing an expansion. So that's for Buffalo Mountain. So it, it has processing facilities for every type of ore you'd expect or gold ore that you'd expect to find in Nevada and really differentiates our company from almost anybody else in Nevada because there's only five facilities capable of processing refractory ore in Nevada. I believe those are the only five in all of the United States. And until we did this transaction, Nevada Gold Mines, the Barrick-Newmont joint venture in Nevada, owned four of those five. 
So there's only two companies in, in all of the United States with the ability to process refractory ore. And now um, when we get this facility back up and running, there'll be three. So that really makes us a unique company in Nevada. With its uh, nameplate capacity, we really need three deposits to feed it. So that's kind of why we're building the multiple projects is really it's being treated like we have a central site that is Lone Tree and we have these four satellite deposits that are feeding the material into that facility. That all makes sense, Ewan, at least from that production profile. In terms of growth opportunities, though, drill programs, resource growth, what are the plans for the company next year in a broad sense? Right now, we've embarked on a 20,000-meter drill program at Granite Creek. Just yesterday, we announced some very exciting results in a new area at Granite Creek where we're getting very good grades, very good widths a new extension structure at that project that should add a lot of ounces in uh, the next resource update that we expect to do next year. We've also just started a major drilling campaign at the recently acquired Ruby Hill project, aimed not only at preparing the property for mining, but also for expansion of resources. So there's, there's going to be a lot of drill news and hopefully a lot of expansion opportunities identified with these programs that will target that goal, as I said earlier. We'd like to see our resources grow now to 20 million, whereas when we started this company, our goal was 10. Globally, we've now surpassed that, so now we just upped our goal. And uh, we've got a good balance sheet to proceed with this, and now it's really up to the company to execute on our growth plan. But at the same time, we're not going to give up on advancing our resource base in the state. Well, Ewan, just for folks that may not be familiar with your team, you have a good pedigree of experience on the team, and you have experience with exploration development and production successes in the past. But just walk us quickly through your background and any other key team members you think you should highlight, just so people know you have the experience to pull off these aggressive plans. Yeah, I think that's the other thing that really uh, sets us apart in the state is we've had a the very fortunate opportunity to be have been successful at hiring truly some key people, especially in our Reno-based development team. Myself, I've got over 25 years of experience in exploration and mine operations. My first public company was Wolf Den Resources. It was acquired by an Australian company. Premier was spun out of Wolf Den, and now Premier was acquired, and I-80 was spun out of Premier. So I've got a pretty good track record when it comes to building up companies. Uh, Matt Golad, our EVP business has been a real key participant in that growth plan. But we're really excited about the team we're, we're still building in Nevada. That team is led by Matt Geely, our president and chief operating officer. Matt was formerly the general manager of the Cortez district for Nevada gold mines. That's as Barrick at the time. So that's the second biggest of Nevada's operating mines. Brent Kristoff, our Executive Vice President of Projects and Evaluations, has over 40 years of operational experience, and he was formerly the, the general manager of the Turquoise Ridge Mine. That is the third largest of Nevada gold mines operations and the one immediately north of our Granite Creek project. And most recently, we had Andy Cole join our team. Andy Cole has 34-plus years of experience in mine development processing and production as he's a metallurgical engineer. And most recently, he was the general manager of Goldstrike, Nevada's largest mining facility. So Brent, 
Matt Gilly and Andy Cole have each ran one of the big three operations. So tremendous experience in the state. They're well known to regulators and they're well known to the Nevada gold mines team who we also continue to have a relationship with, with our, our processing agreements. All right, Ian, final question before we get you out of here deals with finances. You already alluded to it that you guys have a strong balance sheet. What is the cash position of the company and what are some of the near-term costs that you're going to need to incur to ramp up production? The near-term costs for ramping up production in the first two operations, especially the underground at Granite Creek, were already underground. So to get it into full production is likely less than $10 million. The estimated capital to bring the Buffalo Mountain project on is about the same, less than $10 million. So for the first two operations, the capital is expected to be less than $20 million. We ended Q3 with uh, almost $52 million U.S. in cash. Subsequent to quarter end, we closed a plus 80 million ounce equity financing. And we're just in the process of closing a mezzanine financing with our longtime supporter at Premier, Orion Mine Finance, that will see the company ultimately, we expect here in the near future, with about 180 to 185 million in cash. And when you translate that to Canadian dollars, that'd be about a dollar per share in cash. All right, Ewan, we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you very much for this overview into I-80 Gold. If anybody has any follow-up questions, please email us either fleck at kereport.com or shad at kereport.com. I will also post a link below this interview to the I-80 Gold corporate presentation so you can all go over each of the projects individually. And again, send us any questions you have on any of those assets. Ewan, thank you very much for your time. Please keep us up to date on future news. Thank you very much for having me on.